Hey guys, welcome to Waste Your Time with Charlie and... The Madman. And today we're talking about Halloween. Ooh, spooky. Yes, that's right. It's uh, almost Halloween. I guess by the time we actually release this, it will be Halloween. The end of spoopy season. So we've got plenty of memories. So first of all, happy Halloween, guys. Happy Halloween. <laughs> and I'd like to know, what are your favorite... Halloween memories. I know for me, my favorites were going to, uh, this is a little bit out of the ordinary, but I used to go to churches and do their, uh, churches like as in the, the place the of chicken worship. Place. Not the chicken place. <laughs> uh, but the place that you go, you know, to worship and stuff. And anyway, I just went to various churches and did all the games that they had, you know, like the cake walks and whatnot. The fall festivals. Fun. Yeah, the fall festivals. Exactly. Exactly, but uh, sometimes they were actually called Halloween, but other times not. Yeah, I mean, I guess it just depends on the church, how they want to name it. But most of what I've seen, anyway, are a fall festival. Exactly. But those were always really fun. Like, uh, you go on with those and you come back and then throw on, like, Ghost Adventures or whatever horror movies were on at the time. It always was a, it was always a fun feeling coming home. Got a big old bag of candy and... Kind of seeing your friends and all costumed up as a kid. It's good times. Did you ever actually go trick-or-treating? Uh, not... We went to, like, people's houses that we actually knew. But as far as just, like, going all over town, not really. But we grew up in a little tiny town. It's not like there's a lot of options. <laughs> That's true. That's very true. Same thing for me. I think... If I ever went trick-or-treating, it was probably because, you know, I either knew the person or it was some sort of church event where they put up some sort of fake house. I don't know. Or like a trunk-or-treat kind of thing. Exactly. Some sort of event that was organized. Yeah, I think that's that's kind of pretty much how it was for me. It was it was a fun time, man. Got candy. So that's always nice. <laughs> Crazy. We actually probably went to the same one. Was it the one that was by... Uh, TDs at the time? Yes, that's a that's actually where I went to church for most of my life. Wow, yeah, I went there like wow. maybe a year or two for uh, for their events. Yeah, I went there for pretty much all my childhood, and it got to the point where once I got older, I worked them too. It was the Halloween events, so not just regular events, you know. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that was definitely my favorite of Halloween memories, just going to the churches and playing the games and uh, watching what was, ever, what, ever, what was ever on TV. Like on ABC Family, they used to have the uh, 30 Days of Halloween, I think. Oh, yeah, I remember that. They'd play like a different scary movie every day. Exactly, like Hocus Pocus once a week. The, uh, the Nightmare Before Christmas, which I haven't seen. You're not missing much. It's really not that great. Be careful what you say about that. That movie's got a crazy cult following. I know. Everybody's going to crucify me or something while we're on the topic of church and death. (laughs) (laughs) It's not Easter. We'll get to crucifixion when we get to that point. (laughs) Exactly. So, uh, in regards to Nightmare Before Christmas, I feel like it's just very overrated because it's not bad, but Tim Burton's done way better. Uh, I haven't seen the movie, so I really can't say, but... I know it's very popular, and the song, the This Is Halloween song, is actually really good. I like it for sure. Like, Marilyn Manson did a really nice cover of it. Jared Dines is better. I haven't heard it. You should. <laughs> Maybe one day. <laughs> as far as memories go, I think my favorite, other than the uh, than the fall festivals and things like that, 
it's not even Halloween. I think it was spring break of junior year. We went to Galveston and they had a uh, a haunted house celebrating the. I think it was like the hundred ten year anniversary of the uh, the nineteen hundreds hurricane, and they had a haunted house based on that. You went to a haunted house during spring break. Yes, it was. It was a celebratory thing. Well, not celebrating the hurricane that killed 5,000 people, but uh, in in memorance of it. Kind of the, just the passage of time of it. And uh, they based the haunted house in the actual building that counted as a morgue. You mean the the hurricane that Isaac Storm, the book that we read back in high school, is based on? Exactly that one. Wow. Yeah, it was a... At the time, I was terrified. And the thing I remember the most about it... There's a guy that played like this creepy doctor, and he would uh he would pop out, and uh, one time he popped out of my dad, and my dad smacked the shit out of his arm, <laughs> and for the whole rest of that uh of that little tour or whatever you want to call it, he didn't jump out quite as far, and he definitely didn't jump out at my dad. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> I remember I was uh, I must have been five or six. I was in Livingston. There was a haunted house. It could have been a church. I really don't remember. But I remember we were being led around by this tour guide. And while the tour guide was talking, I don't even remember the context of the tour. But behind us, there was a person dressed as a mummy. I'm looking behind me like, what the fuck? Do you guys not see that mummy behind us? (laughs) Spooky mummy. It was terrifying because I'm thinking, like, these people are not paying this person any attention. And this is a mummy. This mummy's going to kill us all. Wait, so, like, the people that you were on the little tour with didn't notice it? Or the uh, the, the host or the, the narrator of the haunted house didn't notice it? Everyone. <laughs> so, was was the mummy part of the show? I'm pretty sure he has. I don't think we were in Egypt at the time. <laughs> You didn't run into Brandon Fraser, did you? You know, not that I recall of, but come to think of it, I think this is actually after I saw the movie. Huh. It's about 2001 or so, around the time of The Mummy Returns, so, you know, it could have been based on The Mummy. <laughs> Turns out you weren't actually at a haunted house, you were just actually being haunted by a mummy. You never know. You're the, do you still see it? Not that I'm aware of, but you got to keep in mind that was... I was the only one noticing it, so maybe, you know, how kids see ghosts and adults don't, then uh, maybe that was just one of the moments whenever I saw the ghost of a mummy that's in Texas on vacation, you know? Somehow is on vacation from its little museum exhibit in Houston. That's very possible. I actually was at the, uh, the mummy exhibit in Houston in, I think, October before COVID, and it was really cool seeing all those really, really, really old dead people. <laughs> seeing dead people in person and not not like just seeing them at a haunted house randomly in 2001 exactly like whenever you know what you're getting yourself into and when they're not walking around and just to be clear you're not Haley Joel Osment right as far as I know I don't think so okay good that'd be weird so the thing is though is that I don't know if this person actually went out and purchased a, uh, a mummy costume or if they just went to the bathroom and got a few rolls of toilet paper and some glue maybe. But I remember seeing that it was like hanging off, you know, like the paper, like hanging off their arms and stuff and waving in the wind. This is inside in a dark room, by the way. Fairly dark. 
did they have a fan in there to make it blow in the wind? You know, that's a possibility, but I was like five or six. I wouldn't remember that. <laughs> Something's not adding up here, Darren. <laughs> or, sorry, Charlie. <laughs> Who? I don't know. I had some weird disassociative thing just happen. It's weird. I think you're projecting. Projecting what? Like like a spirit? You see something? No, projecting onto me that you're, uh, you know, apparently you're friends with some ghost named Darren. And I guess I look like him or something. Because I think you just went under the impression that I'm a ghost. And you have to realize I'm a person. Maybe that's what it is. I see dead people too sometimes, so it could be that. You look a lot of like this person, though. But anyway. <laughs> well, uh, getting on to a, a, a separate topic. How about those uh, horror movies? I've mentioned horror movies before and how I love to go back and watch them. And the same for like Ghost Adventures and the TV shows like that that you watch on Halloween. So what... I can't say what's your favorite, but what do you think about those? Like, for me, I love horror movies. They're amazing. I used to watch them so much as a kid. I even watched one that was in Spanish. I had no clue it was in Spanish until I started it, and I'm like, one of the dead? That sounds cool. That's uh, one with a J, by the way. So, one? Yeah, one. What? Was it an actual horror movie, or was it like a, a comedy? It was a horror comedy, but it's Cuban, and it was a fairly bloody uh, fairly bloody zombie movie that I actually wrote a paper on it recently that I'm pretty sure that it was a metaphor for communism in Cuba because it's like the zombies are being controlled by the government, you know? Not literally controlled by the government, but like how the people are controlled by the government. Zombies, they can't control themselves. Oh, so it's all metaphorical. It's always nice to have a horror movie with deeper implications. Exactly, and that's what I took from it way later, whenever I wasn't just looking for some blood and guts. <laughs> so I never really watched a lot of horror movies as a kid. One, I was just a little little scaredy baby. But uh, just, uh, just wasn't really one of those things that was like prominent in my house. But uh, I've started watching a lot more past couple years, and they're okay. I haven't really seen one that like I was genuinely scared of. I think the, the one that really got me was the autopsy of Jane Doe. That one was uh, pretty spooky. Why? Well, it's just a... Uh, it was one of the first ones I watched, I guess, just for one. And they really didn't cut corners with blood and guts. So if you haven't seen the movie, for anybody listening, it's about a, this mysterious dead body that gets brought to this morgue. And, uh... Spooky shit just starts happening. But they go through the actual autopsy process. That you see them like cutting her open, break out the old uh old bone cutters, and like you hear the snapping of the ribs and stuff. It's uh <laughs> it's a it is gory. That sounds incredibly interesting. It actually reminds me of this alien movie I recently became uh has probably a better way to phrase this, but became conscience of. Uh I found out about it. And uh, it's about this guy, and some somewhere close to the end of the movie, this guy's abducted. I've never seen it actually. I just seen his clip, and he's being he's being operated on by these aliens to determine how he works. Like they put this this sheet over him whenever he's screaming, and they like 
they cut a hole in his mouth that's open, you know? Because they're determining where the sound's coming from. Because he's like, ah! And then they place this over his face, and they're like, oh, that stopped the sound. And then they cut, like, like where his mouth is, like, and that opens where his mouth is. And then you hear him scream again, like, ah! And so the alien's mentality is, I just opened up this part of his face, so that must be where this organism's sound comes from. Wow, I've I've never heard of that. Sounds kind of interesting, though. It's What's... from based on that scene. It looks fantastic, and uh, I highly recommend to anyone out there just maybe look up most realistic alien abduction scene, and that'll probably give you what you're looking for. Do you know the name of it? I honestly couldn't tell you. Huh. Huh. I definitely haven't seen anything like that. But uh, I guess the only horror movies that really stand out to me in my life were either the ones that were on Disney, like Halloween Town and stuff, fantastic movies, or the uh, like the Scooby-Doo movies that came out during the time, early 2000s. You know, one of my favorite movies is Feast. You've probably never seen it, but mm-hmm. Feast 1, 2, and 3 are hilarious, but they're also, the first is incredibly bloody and gory and it it works on a lot of horror tropes like it destroys those boundaries so like it just doesn't do those tropes or like it makes fun of them or just really exaggerates them it fucking attacks them as well as that's from a literal um I'm saying that literally, by the way. For example, this guy comes in, and you have a title card, and it says hero. And it's like, life expectancy, pretty damn good. <laughs> and people are like, who the hell are you? He's like, I'm the guy that's here to save your ass. And right in that moment, a monster pops to a window and decapitates him. <laughs> so basically, they're like, let's kill the hero early. Exactly. And then there's a hero two and... Eventually gets a well, actually it's a heroin. You get to heroin too, and basically this movie is a big fuck you to what you're expecting the whole time. The same thing for the sequels. So the whole movie's a twist ending. Uh, I wouldn't say twist ending, but let's put it this way: Feast Three is a really big fuck you to anyone expecting anything because it ends. I gotta give you a spoiler alert. Dis- uh, warning, I was trying to get a better word. Um, disclaimer, that's it. So, skip about 15 seconds if you don't want to hear this. Feast 3 ends with the three survivors. Two of them, one of them is a, uh, a little person that's a wrestler. He's a Mexican, and this woman, and this old man, he's a bartender. He's actually portrayed by the... Uh, oh, for anyone that skipped ahead 15 seconds, go about a minute. <laughs> yeah, just keep going. Yeah. But uh, he's the, he's an old man. He's a bartender. He's The actor is actually the father of the director. So you have these three characters still alive, and you have these scary monsters that they just defeated and everything. Anyway, out of nowhere, a giant transformer just steps on two of them and squashes them. See no hint of any robots throughout the whole movie or anything, and that just happens. <laughs> just out of the blue, random transformer. 
third movie, last few seconds, and then you have a Mexican mariachi man popping out singing everything that just happened in the past three movies, <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> that sounds awesome. So, uh, speaking of horror movie tropes, what are some that you either really like to see or just like to have make fun of? In future horror movies? Well, no, just in general. When you watch a horror movie, what do you like to see? What don't you like to see? And uh, what do you just like to make fun of? Because I love going after slasher films. Well, there's always a classic whenever they say, let's split up. It's like, oh, they're fucked. <laughs> Take that, Scooby-Doo. Exactly. <laughs> but I say the most predictable ones that you just see and say, something bad's about to happen. So whenever you see somebody getting naked, I can count on one hand how many times that I've seen a sex scene and those people lived. Is that only because you had one hand free? <laughs> uh, no. It's because uh, you always see these people dying and you know, you're suspecting during a sex scene that somebody's going to pop out and just throw like uh, an axe at their head or something. That are they're like laying under the bed and a spear just like Makes its way through somebody's chest. Exactly. Mm. That's uh, Kevin Bacon in Friday the 13th. I was actually thinking, I don't know the actors, but the first... Oh, wait, no, yeah. It was Friday the 13th, never mind. <laughs> I always get Friday the 13th and uh, Nightmare on Elf Street confused for some stupid reason. You know, both those movies have huge actors. Kevin Bacon in, in the first Friday the 13th and Johnny Depp in Nightmare on Elf Street. Was he in, was he in Nightmare on Elf Street? You remember the scene, uh, spoiler alert, whenever he's laying on the bed and he falls asleep and Ferdy sucks him into the bed and just spits him out. There's just a huge blood splash like all over the room. It just it shoots out from the bed like a like a water gun, but like shooting in all directions like and huh. Uh, for those of you that can't see, basically I was just uh, making a motion that was showing it went everywhere. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that was Johnny Depp's huge role in the first Nightmare on Elm Street. Well, it makes sense that a lot of big stars would get their start with like horror movies, especially during the the eighties and nineties and stuff. Horror movies were actually pretty big. Can you so think of any others? Any other what? Any other big stars that got their start in a, a fairly well known horror movie? Uh it's I, I can't say I've really seen enough horror movies to know or just know actors well enough for that matter so I maybe not really big stars but just I know I've definitely recognized some you like know, later Crispin, you know Crispin Glover was in Friday the 13th the final chapter was he really? dies in the first few minutes actually he pops in he's a nerd he starts doing this weird dance and anyway he goes to the kitchen and good old Jason just kills him <laughs> throws him <laughs> into like a can opener or something <laughs> I always gotta kill the nerd off it's not fair right I was always thinking I love this guy I wish he lives and uh, come to find out is because I liked him because I was really big in the Back to the Future oh okay didn't yeah. recognize him hmm. yeah, that's definitely one trope that's funny the whole the whole nudity thing so don't get naked in a horror movie plain and simple another one that I like it's a I don't know if it's really a trope as a whole but just some of the stupid decisions, like the splitting up or the one that I like. It's actually on a, a pretty common commercial. I think it's a, a car commercial or car insurance. 
and they're being chased by this killer. And they're like, uh, like, what should we do? And there's a perfectly good running car. And they're like, that makes no sense. Why would we hop in the perfectly running car? Let's go hide behind this wall of chainsaws. And then it shows the killer, like, he's shaking his head. He's like, I can't wait to kill these dumbass. That's amazing. Speaking That's of chainsaws, just... did you know that Matthew McConaughey, one of his first roles, uh, this was after Days and Confused, of course, but one of his first roles was in Texas Chainsaw Massacre, I want to say four, Next Generation. I didn't know that. Yeah, it's crazy. But, uh, yeah, that, that definitely is a huge horror trope. Like, you have a working car, and one of the dead actually actually touches on that because they get into this car, and they're like, oh, cool, we're running, and then it just stops for whatever reason. They're like, fucking Russian cars! Because, <laughs> you know, the communists, they couldn't get any actually good cars from any uh, capitalist countries. That is a funny trope, because you'll see the perfectly running car, and then it just, it just stops. Or even better, the car works fine, but the uh, the person being chased cannot work their hands well enough to actually start it with the keys. But they missed the keyhole like 12 times. Actually, Feast kind of touches on that to any sense, too, because at the end, remember the driving away? The car runs out of gas and it just stops. <laughs> <laughs> How convenient. So you see, you see him get out and start pushing. Maybe it's a starter. But the car just stopped. And anyway, it's like a one-minute-long ending scene of him try, trying to drive away. <laughs> Does he get killed? Spoiler? No. Oh, okay, so he just get away. It's kind of lame. It was just making fun of it. Like, uh, yeah. Like, oh, all cars work well in horror movies, right? Except for whenever you want the... Except whenever the person dies. Yeah. And then it just miraculously stops working. And somehow the killer can keep up while the car is running. Like... All the cars during the action are for some reason bad. But then after everything's over, all the cars are great. Perfectly fine. Gotta exactly. love it. <laughs> That's the same thing with the cops showing up right after you kill the killer. Yeah, like you do all the hard work, all your friends are dead, now the cops show up. Which brings me back to Tucker and Dale. I, I'm not sure if we mentioned it during this podcast yet, but we were talking about it before. And I would highly recommend this movie because it's... It does the same thing in horror tropes. Like, these are two rednecks, and you'd think that they're the killers. They look scary. Like, like for example, you got Tyrell Labine's character. He plays this uh, fairly typical redneck. He's got a big beard. He's wearing a hat. He's wearing overalls. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, he's encouraged by his friend to walk over to this girl and basically charm her. <laughs> He's holding a, uh, a scythe. A, oh, man. What's the word? It's like the thing this with. Yeah, a scythe. Car. Yeah, he's holding a scythe. And he doesn't put it down. He walks over to the girl, and he's, he's told to smile more, right? Like, by his friend. He's like, you don't smile enough. So he's walking over to his friend with a creepy smile, like... And he's like, hi! <laughs> holding a scythe. And... Anyway, the whole point of this is that they're played up to be these terrible villains because they're scary rednecks, right? And they're actually the main characters. <laughs> That's actually an awesome uh, take on that. <laughs> exactly. Just goes to show that perspective makes a huge difference in who's the hero and who's the villain. That's really true. 
But uh, a lot of times you can pretty much tell it's really predictable. Oh, yeah, usually because the killer is always undead or creepy looking or very actively intentionally trying to kill somebody. Exactly. If the guy's wearing a mask and chasing with a knife, I don't think that guy's good. Well, I mean, it depends. What if he just stole his purse? True. True. Why would he have a purse, though? It's crazy. It's 2020. You never know. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> the man wearing a Michael Myers mask is carrying a purse. Hey, there's actually a, there's people I've seen on social media. That's their whole shtick. <laughs> it's just a prank, bro. He literally just walks around his town dressed exactly like Michael Myers, staring windows, standing outside schools, just holding a purse. Well, he didn't have a purse, but he's just Michael Myers. That's, wow. <laughs> it's actually pretty Good funny. Nice I'll show you later. Okay. <laughs> but for any of you that want to see you talking Dell versus Evil, it's hilarious. Like he got all these kills that are just accidents, straight up accidents. And uh, one of the one of the examples that comes to my mind is, uh, well, Tucker. He's uh, he's got a chainsaw. You know, he's trying to saw some wood, and in the wood there's a beehive, and he saws to the beehive. And anyway, this they start singing him, so he's running away from the bees, holding a chainsaw. <laughs> and uh, so these college kids are looking at them like, ah, there's one of the rednecks, and they start chasing after them, holding a chainsaw, running away from bees. With his face disfigured from all the bees. <laughs> and he's like, ah, waving the chainsaw back and forth. And so one of the, uh, one of the college kids gets impaled whenever he's running because he's looking at, uh, at, I believe it's Tucker, instead of at where he's going. He gets impaled on like a, a pointy stick that's pointing out from a tree. And oh, man. Oh, look, I've been impaled. That's one, but there's another guy that tries to attack, I believe it's Dale. He tries to attack Dale, but he trips and falls into a hole, and the thing it was going to attack him with, which is basically a spear, it uh, it hits the ground, and he falls on top of it, and impales himself. <laughs> and, uh, you know, Dale, he fell into the hole, too, because they fell into a hole, and that's, uh, that's how he got impaled. And he falls right on top of Dale. And Dale's like, oh my god, they're killing themselves right on top of us. Like, right on our property. <laughs> and so that's the conflict of the movie. Tucker and Dale, two rednecks, are trying to struggle with, the, with having to pretty much deal with these teenagers and explain that they're killing themselves all over the property. <laughs> that sounds both terribly stupid and awesome at the same time. It's amazing, trust me. I think it's on Netflix, actually. Huh. <laughs> I'll have to check that one out. That sounds awesome. Critically acclaimed, too. It has like a 7 out of 10 on IMDb. It's amazing. Is that critical? Um, I'd say if you see a movie that's 7 out of 10, it probably had really, really good ratings. Yeah, I guess that's true, yeah. So, yeah, as for an indie horror movie, if you're looking for one for Halloween, if, you, if you're a scaredy cat then uh, you got to be watching that movie. It's hilarious, and you'll experience some blood, death, darkness, whatever you're trying to look for in a horror movie. And rednecks. Exactly. Some scary rednecks. Rob Zombie-esque. Oh, wow. So, yeah, kind of a good horror movie name. So. You, ever seen, uh, you ever seen anything by Rob Zombie or heard his music? I've listened to some of his music. 
And uh, I've seen bits and pieces of House of a Thousand Corpses. That's true. Oh, right. I remember you telling me that you've seen part of The Devil's Rejects, right? Oh, yes, yes, that too. Yeah. Um, he actually released a new song yesterday, and I actually like a lot of his horror movies. Like, uh, like of course, House of a Thousand Corpses, Devil's Rejects, Three from Hell. Fantastic for the most part. I mean, they're, they have this signature to them. They're weird. Really, really weird. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not that his movies are even necessarily scary. They're just very, I don't, yeah, weird. He's the king of redneck horror. <laughs> Never thought that would be a title that I'd hear. It's true. <laughs> and I myself am a big fan of comedy horror, but redneck horror just, it hits right. <laughs> Not to say, just a disclaimer, because, you know, 2020, things can be kind of taken the wrong way. Nothing wrong with Rednecks. Just throwing that out there. Exactly. I don't think Rednecks would be the one taking that, though, so no worries. Most likely not, but you never know. They'd probably be saying, I love this representation in the media, <laughs> no matter if it is bad publicity. <laughs> Although Tucker and Dale glamorizes them, so it's okay. Yeah, so I guess that's a good thing. Yeah, Inspires a whole new generation of Rednecks. <laughs> exactly. Hopefully it's Tucker and Dale with rednecks, not like wrong turn cannibal. Exactly. <laughs> anyway, there's already the whole trope about you know, Texas Chainsaw being cannibal rednecks. So let's. Speaking of which, I was actually looking into Arlie Armour yesterday, and I'm not sure you're familiar with this if you've seen the remake, but he actually plays the the patriarch of the remake series. Of. Texas Chainsaw? Texas Chainsaw and Texas Chainsaw The Beginning. Well, I've only seen one of those movies, so I really can't talk uh, about Okay, the, um, the 2003 and 2006 ones were produced by Michael Bay. And Arlie Armory, he, you might know him from Full Metal Jacket, like, like stairs and queers are from Texas, I don't see hordes on your head! You know, the, the drill instructor. <laughs> so, uh, oh, no offense to people, by the way, that is a quote from a movie. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, yeah, he's very scary, and they suitably threw him into a horror movie as a as a villain. And if you've never seen it, it's produced by Michael Bay. Um, I know Michael Bay has a bad rep, but his producing movies for horror movies are not bad. Although a lot of people probably hate Text Chainsaw, the remake, and uh, Nightmare on Elm Street remake, too, of course. <laughs> yeah, those remake movies aren't great. But I mean, Michael Bay, I've never hated his movies. But I highly recommend this remake because out of all remakes, it's probably one of the most decent ones. It's not bad, and it's it's fresh enough to not be a rehash of the original. Oh, well, I know I'll be watching for the next couple of days <laughs> as we move into actual Halloween day. Exactly. And, you know, isn't it ironic or coincidental? I would say probably ironic that Halloween comes right before the scariest day, election election day <laughs> that holds up very well for this year and actually speaking of scary things on halloween i've, I've read somewhere that this is supposed to be like the first full moon in like 70 something years on halloween that's amazing we're gonna have and it's a blue moon of all things blue full moon mm -hmm. you know that's probably not a good sign for this election <laughs> for this election or this shithole of a year that we've had so far that's hilarious. <laughs> Good old 2020, keeping us on our toes. Okay. Oh, also speaking of scary, 
some scientists have apparently unfrozen some like ancient worms from like almost 50,000 years ago. And uh, definitely need to freeze those suckers back. This is not the year. I'm really glad you mentioned that because uh, you ever seen Tremors? Yes. Ooh, that's totally the way that the Tremors movies would be provoked in 2020. <laughs> Some ancient worms, you know. In this case, they're Precambrian, but in real life, they're only 50,000 years old, right? <laughs> so we're going to see Tremors in real life if, if those somehow get out of control. Like, the coronavirus is said to be... Wait, you asking me, like you're alluding to something, or... I'm uh, I'm saying that in the future we're having the conspiracy theory podcast and that's a conspiracy oh. theory that coronavirus created in a lab and let loose. Okay, yeah, I totally knew that's where you're going. <laughs> Tune in in the future, folks. Exactly. But uh, yeah, so trimmers might be possible, especially if these worms are that old. Everything back then was massive, so all and, it really takes though is just a a worm that's you know not tiny. Pretty much, yeah. I just start chowing down. If I feel like movies have shown well enough to know, like, we really should not be messing with prehistoric things. And we have Jurassic Park and Tremors, both with, uh, you know, cryptid animals or dinosaurs and science. It never works out. Ever. Yeah. It's really funny that you mentioned that because the new Tremors, Tremors 7, check it out on Netflix, guys. It's actually very Jurassic Park-esque because it takes place on an island. It's actually called... Uh, the working title was Island Fury, and now it's Shrieker Island. Uh, how many of the Tremors movies have you seen? I've seen the first one, and maybe bits and pieces of some of the other ones. So, from one to four, it's generally agreed upon that they're pretty good for sequels. Uh, hmm. Referring to two through four. Yeah. Two and three being the best, of course. They, they of course, go downhill. But, five, six, and seven... Five and six are totally, they totally fit the, the stereotypical image of a sci-fi channel movie, to put it at the, uh, at the ni- in the nicest way possible. But <laughs> seven's actually really good for, considering it's a direct-to-DVD movie that's pretty much made by the same people. And yeah, I actually enjoyed it myself. It's got John Heater, of all people, playing Burt Gummer's sidekick. <laughs> that's hilarious before oh. that you had Jamie Kennedy playing a sidekick but he didn't make it back for this movie so they wrote in John Heater <laughs> so you, ever, you never would have thought in 2004 you'd be seeing good old Napoleon Dynamite fight some giant worms <laughs> well just gonna show things can change exactly Napoleon Dynamite can grow some balls <laughs> oh, speaking of big balls. <laughs> <laughs> That's not good. Uh, I saw another article that the uh, there's a giant crack in the moon. What does that mean? Uh, well, scientifically, they're saying it's indication of uh, a lot of seismic activity, and it affects future colonization. But a uh, common running joke, especially for this year and being Halloween, is that the moon is actually an egg. And it's hatching. Really? It's what? Uh, either a giant space monster or Cthulhu. My guess is. You know, as much as I want to disagree with those, 2020 has me not agreeing, but I wouldn't be surprised at this point. 
<laughs> Honestly, I'm kind of hoping. I feel like things have been kind of tame here lately. No big, major events. So I want to see something just really messed up happen. Right. We start, me, we start off this year with some good old COVID and murderous hornets and... World War Three. Exactly. Uh, the election. But the scariest thing. Exactly. But all of that really has been decent right now because we have some good news just all over the place. Like, you get Borat 2, you get... Uh, Machine Gun Kelly trying to bring back rock. You get new machine, a new uh, Rob Zombie song. Like, look at this. Things are looking up. What's going to make that uh, really bad? Well, there's lots of things that can make it really bad. Like, <laughs> like I guess it's all about the little things, though. Enjoy the little things, and uh, yeah, try not to focus on the big stuff because it will ruin your day. Oh, I meant that sarcastically, like, things are looking up. What could possibly make it worse? Oh, maybe the moon hatching into Cthulhu? <laughs> hey, maybe Cthulhu is exactly what we need. Everyone talks about him being a bad guy, but he could be great. Very pleasant. That's Never. true. Bringing us back to perspective. <laughs> yeah, so just because we assume something is bad, and, you know, the moon cracking like an egg, royally destroying our oceans, our tides, and pretty much the world... I mean, maybe Cthulhu will save everything. Cthulhu for president. Or Godzilla, either one. Crazy. You see, <laughs> I think we're getting upon an hour, so is there anything huge you want to touch on? Uh, not, nothing in particular. I think we covered a pretty good topic. Fantastic. So. Also, it hasn't been an hour. It's been 38 minutes. Not 38 minutes. We're... 38 minutes, an hour. It's all the same. Exactly. We'll As talk- we've talked about before, time is a figment exactly. of our imaginations. And we'll probably touch on more time topics in the future. So, if you have anything you want to add, please let me know because I'm about to give us uh, an outro. Let's go ahead and uh, let's go ahead and out it. All right. So thanks for what? Thanks for wasting your time with Charlie and the Madman. Make sure to check out our other podcasts, and we'll catch you guys in the next episode. See you on the flip flop. Bye bye.